0: In today's show, we look at all of the action from Monday's six NBA games, recap you on some injury news as well. Waiver Wire Trends, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are locked on fantasy basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd, and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com, and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok, at RedRock underscore B-Ball, and on Instagram, at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's PricePix.com. The promo code is LOCKEDON. Thank you for making Locked on Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We are here to talk about the games from Monday. There's quite a bit of injury news to catch up on. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) All right, we heard the news already, and I discussed it on the injury show earlier today. But Kevin Durant is out with an MCL sprain. They don't think it's as severe as the one that cost him six weeks last season. So he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks, but the expectation is four weeks. So we're looking early to mid February, around the All Star break, is a reasonable expectation for Durant. In terms of they don't play until Thursday, so we're not going to get an idea of how the replacement goes. I do think it's going to be Seth Curry or Joe Harris starting. It might be TJ Warren. I don't know. You'll get a little bit of extra stuff for Royce O'Neill. So priority-wise, I'd look to Royce O'Neill first. I'd probably look to Warren followed by Curry and then Harris after that. I think you can take flyers on Curry and Warren, but I really don't think they're going to be necessarily must-roster guys in his absence. I think there'll be multiple guys that step up at different points, but I don't think that one of those guys is going to step into a consistent role every single night. You're going to get more from more from Kyrie, probably a little bit more from Simmons, a little bit more from Royce, and then some boosts for Watanabe, Warren, Curry, Harris, all those guys get extra playing time without any of them necessarily becoming absolute must-roster, got-to-have-this-player type of situation. So that might change on Thursday. We might see TJ Warren start and play 35 minutes. I doubt it. We might see Seth Curry play 33, 34 minutes. Eh, Probably more likely, but what's he more than a points-and-threes guy? Yeah, I don't really see that as standing out to be an absolute must-roster, a blockbuster-type ad. Got some news today on the Anthony Davis ramp-up. The ramp up tweet was written horribly and it makes it sound like he's returning this week. He is not. They're expecting maybe there is a chance that he returns towards the end of the month. He is looking to start to ramp up this week with the odds or the likelihood of returning towards the end of January. That is the most likely scenario. They said there's a chance they get him back for the road trip beginning at the end of January, which is against Boston on the 28th of January. That's the timeline for Anthony Davis' return, so we keep rolling with Thomas Bryant. We'll talk more about the Lakers later on because they had a game today. Um, Steph, we we're expecting him back Friday, and then they said, oh, he's going to be listed probable for Tuesday. Now, he's actually listed questionable, but it looks like he could be returning. That, along with Clay Thompson, listed probable. Andrew Wiggins likely playing more than 19 minutes. It's probably the end of Dante DiVincenzo. So if there was someone, you, if you want to take a flyer on Warren or Curry or another injured um, injury replacement type of player, you're not going to miss out on much, I don't think, by moving on from DiVincenzo at this point. In Miami, both Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo. Tyler Hero, who didn't have an injury according to him, he's listed questionable. And Bam Adebayo, who was basically, they were saying he's going to miss time, both of them listed questionable. So I don't know. Who's lying? Everyone? Probably. I don't know what this means. I still think that we've got to watch the scenario, obviously. I think there is a chance of Bam missing a game here. It's not a long-term thing. I'm confident in that. But that might give short-term streamability for Orlando Robinson. But what did happen is Kyle Lowry is out. Now, we know he's been really struggling. I don't think he's a 12-team drop, even though things have been going pretty poorly for the last couple of weeks. Um and if he is out, you'll probably see Gabe Vincent step up into a larger role and then Oladipo and Struz. I'd much rather have Oladipo and then probably Vincent after that um, with Struz following as the third option as a 12 team stream option. But Oladipo is the guy there that I'd look at. Also, Caleb Martin is out, so Highsmith will start and he won't play enough minutes to really make too much of an impact. In Detroit, both Boyan Bogdanovich and Jalen Durant are out. So there is no excuse for Sadiq Bey not to play a lot of minutes. They've also upgraded Isaiah Livers to questionable. I don't know how much he would play or if he's available, but otherwise Kevin Knox could be in for a real big opportunity. I think Alec Burks is going to get everything or every chance he can get because of the absence of Bogdanovich. A real good chance for Burks, a solid enough chance for Bay, and obviously bigger production from Isaiah Stewart, who plays at center. Deeper, deeper leagues. We want to look at Nerlens Noel, um, like the 18, 20 team leagues as the backup to Isaiah Stewart. But a couple of things there. In LA, Paul George and Luke Canard are both out. That's not a surprise, especially for George. Uh, Terrence Mann will start at point guard is my guess. There's more minutes for Norman Powell, more minutes for Nico Batum, more opportunities for Marcus Morris there. So make sure that Batum, Powell, Morris, and Mann, I think are all worth streaming. I think Mann's actually worth having a flyer on as the starting point guard to see how that works over the next week or two and see how his value can develop. But watching that team will be very interesting without Paul George again. And then in Phoenix, Chris Paul is out once more with that hip issue, but also Landry Shamet is questionable and DeAndre Ayton is questionable. So lots of streaming opportunities opening up there. It doesn't appear like it'll be a long-term thing, but there's two opportunities there for Dwayne Washington to step up. So he's probably worth a grab. Then you've got someone like um, Damian Lee or Bismack Biombo slash Jock Landale in the front court if Ayton happens to be out. Oh, Tori Craig, the other guy on the injury report. So they might be missing Craig, Ayton, Paul, and Booker out of that starting five. And then Booker's replacement, Shamit. That's crazy. So they're going to be going real deep. So you might be looking at if Craig is out, like Ish Wainwright, Josh Okogi, Dario Sharic will play 20 plus minutes. And I'm not sure those out those three I just mentioned, Wainwright, Akogi, and Sharic. I don't think any of them would really be 12-team streams. We're really be looking at Lee and Washington as those two winners, and then Landau and Biombo. They might even play Landale and Biombo together if both Craig and Aiton are out, but there's still a lot of water to go under the bridge there with the Aiton, Shamit, and um, Craig questionable statuses, but we do know Paul is out, so that does give that initial leg up to someone like Dwayne Washington, followed closely behind by Damian Lee. We'll go on and talk waiver wire stuff in a second, but today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy, but not the way that you remember it. It is not with a lineup, with salary cap, and going up against thousands of thousands of people. That's not how this works. This is just player projections, more or less. That's all you need to do. You go in there and you look, oh, Jock Landau, four and a half rebounds, I think you'll get more. Or you go in and you go, Dwayne Washington. 15 and a half points, I think you'll get more. You can do between two to six of those, put them into one lineup and win up to 25 times your entry feedback. You can do it in over 30 US states. You can do it in Canada and these entries take under 60 seconds. You don't have to do it for just the NBA. You can do the NFL, you can do college basketball, golf, cricket, NASCAR, um, MMA, boxing, women's college basketball, European basketball and disc golf, of course. So download the Price Picks app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit matchup up to $100. Okay, let's look at some waiver wire Trends and waiver wire, my button doesn't work, my waiver wire moves over the last, say, 24, 25 hours since I last did the waiver wire show. Tyus Jones is up 20%, and with Jar Morant out, it's an absolute no-brainer. He's a must-roster player, and as I said, remains a luxury stash for the situations where Jar misses, and it happens quite often, so Jones, great value. Josh Richardson, really solid value with Keldon Johnson and Devin Vassell out. Richardson paid off the last two games. He was up 17%. Zach Collins up 9%. That was chasing that last game a little bit with Pirtle out. He was still serviceable, but he's in more of the 12-team luxury stash zone. Uh, Dennis Schroeder up 7%. Well, we'll talk about the Lakers later on. His shooting was absolutely red hot, but everyone's out. Even Beverly got hurt today. LeBron was out today. So he's going to take on so many shots, so much usage, and so many minutes. That's useful enough. Cole Anthony, I guess that's for the Monday, Tuesday, back-to-back. He's up 5%. Najee Marshall's up 5%. Really like that one. He's playing at a very high level while Ingram and Zion are out. Dwayne Washington, good move there with Chris Paul out. And then Contavius Caldwell-Pope. That's, I guess, a stream for Monday. I don't love him as a long-term 12-team league ad, but it's not the worst one. In terms of most dropped players, Reggie Bullock down 9%. The only way I could see why he would be higher is for a back-to-back over the weekend, which is what happened. Not a 12 team player. Benedict Matherin down 9%. People have finally had enough of rostering him. He does not need to be rostered. Kevin Love down 8%. Never made sense to roster him. But Alec Burks down um, 7%. Alec Burks. I think I'd be looking to grab him with Bogdanovich out. So that's interesting. Norman Powell down 7%. did not play well last game. But Paul George, Kennard out again. You're going to get good minutes out of him. So he's worth a look. Struis down 7%. Might get a bit of a boost If Lowry is out, still just a points and threes guy. Well, Nas Reid down six. Yeah, look, it doesn't really look like he's going to be able to maintain value with Anderson and Prince there. And then Jackson Hayes down six percent. He's not really doing much, but they also lost another player today in Herb Jones. We'll see whether that's serious. Um, I don't think Hayes is really much of a 12-team league option, though. Let's go on to the next game. It is, well, if not the next game, actually, the first game. The New Orleans Pelicans and the Washington Wizards. Was that first game of the day we just spoke about the Pelicans. They get the win, 132-112. Herb Jones left after 13 minutes. He did nothing. Five points with one steal in that time with a back contusion. I don't know if this is serious, but what's the point with this guy? Like, is there really any upside? Even with all these players out, then he gets hurt again. His minutes always seem to be limited. I'm not sure that he's a must-roster guy. And I don't know that Trey Murphy is either. He didn't get injured. He didn't have foul trouble, but played 23 minutes. He's on a real downward trend. The steal and the block are nice. But if you're not getting 30 minutes with Zion and Ingram out, I really worry about where things go. Six points, 23 minutes outside the top 200 over the last week. It's pretty tough to hold. And with how things are trending at the moment, it feels like that when Ingram comes back, Marshall might actually play over Murphy. As for Najee, he's a good scorer, 18 points. 37% shooting is not great. Four assists. He doesn't do much in any of the other categories. So that's going to probably render him tougher to hold later on. But for now, he's got unbelievable value. They played Nance and Valentinus together a little bit more, especially in the first half. But Nance played 26 minutes. Six and six, two steals and a block. What we've been saying about Nance is he's got really specific skills. Steals, blocks, field goals, rebounds. If you don't need that, there's no point. And in a 12-team points league, I don't think I'd worry about him. But in a category league, we know he can provide value, especially if you're looking for those specific categories. And he did it again here. While Valanciunas played 28 minutes, 27 and 12. He's going to feast with all these guys out. So CJ, who had 34 with two steals and a block and four threes. It was a solid enough game from Alvarado too. And I think that's because Jones is out there also. 10, four and five for him. Probably just like a 14 team league guy. And they started Dyson Daniels in the second half over Herb Jones. He didn't do much there. Four and six in his 19 minutes. For the Wizards, Dan Gafford played only 10 first half minutes. And I thought, ooh. That's not ideal for his long-term minutes, but he ended up playing a big, a much bigger chunk in the second half. 13 minutes, and then he got hurt. There was about five minutes to go when he got hurt, so he could have pushed to 28 minutes here, and he had 13-4 and four and 83%, which is absolutely a 12-team league line, but he sprained his ankle. He seems to get hurt at the end of every single game for some reason, whether that's coincidence or not. What is coincidence? Um, hold him until we get some more info, but maybe there's some missed time coming. The reason his minutes were a little bit down early on is they've reintroduced Jordan Goodwin to the rotation. Goodwin played 17 minutes and had four points with four assists and two steals. And in these last two games without Beal, Morris hasn't even hit 30 minutes. Monte played just 27 here for 13-1-9. He still is a 12-team league player while Beal is out, but Goodwin back in the rotation is interesting. Rui Hachimura proved to you, hopefully to you, and showed why that I'm so down on him as a category league player. He played 27 minutes. He had a usage of 21%. He was a minus 22 and had nine, three, and one. He just does not contribute across the board. And the only time he's able to do it is when his shooting is completely unsustainable. He did block a shot, which is great, but there's just not enough there ever for Hachimura to be more than a points lead guy. We wanted to see what would happen with Avdia because in the past, he'd been a great stream with Beal out, but then last game he struggled and this game he struggled. 22 minutes, four, four, and three. If they're not going to lean on him without Beal, then he is a drop. But if Gafford misses... Do they just go back to Porzingis at center and put Avdia back in the starting lineup? He plays 29 minutes and he can have 10, 10, and seven. I think that's possible. So if I did have him, I'd like to hold to hear the Gafford news because I don't think that they replace Gafford with Taj Gibson or Isaiah Todd. I think they'd replace him with Avdia. So that is what we want to watch. Kuzma fouled out in twenty-three minutes, nineteen and eight, while um, Pulzingas had twenty-three and ten in thirty-four minutes. He's just chugging along, though. He's a little bit below expectations over the last week or so. Pulzingas. hopefully, he's able to ramp that up a little bit more and get some bigger numbers um, coming in pretty soon. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds for all the NFL playoffs, college basketball, and the NBA. It's all there at betonline.net. The Jaguars and the Chargers, it's considered a pick in Jacksonville. Can the Chargers do it? Can they get themselves a win? Can the Dolphins, who are 10.5-point underdogs, get a victory over the Buffalo Bills? All of the odds are available at BetOnline. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Today's episode is also brought to you by TurboTax. Go to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Meet with an expert who'll do them for you. TurboTax experts can relieve you from the stress of taxes and file for you so you can do not taxes. Show your eyes things that are not taxes. Unpack a moving box of not taxes. Taste not taxes. Sing not taxes a lullaby. Hope Not Taxes sleeps through the night. Grab a saddle and ride Not Taxes into the sunset. With TurboTax, an expert will do your taxes from start to finish, ensuring your taxes are done right, guaranteed, so you can relax. Feels good to be done with your taxes, doesn't it? Come to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Intuit TurboTax, full service products only video meeting while expert does your taxes required. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com guarantees. I always find the American tax system really interesting. Because I know you guys, if you don't do your taxes right, you get like these big penalties of like, you got to get it right. Like we just get told. We get told, hey, this is how much you made. This is how much you got to pay. And then you pay it. We don't have to like try and guess. And like they have the number, but they don't tell you what the number is. And then they see whether you match that number up. And then they they find you. Like they just, here's how much you made. Here's how much tax you have. And you put it into a thing and they go, did you do these things? Yes, yes, yes. No, yes, yes. Okay, well, you get this much back or you got to pay this much. I, it, I find it so weird that the government knows how much you've got to pay, doesn't tell you, and exp- and ma- tries to make sure that you get it. It's like a big guessing game. Or maybe I've been completely misled. Maybe your taxes don't work that way in America. Hey, tax discussions. Who doesn't love them? Let's go on to the next game, the Milwaukee Bucks and the New York Knickerbockers. The, um, the Bucks get it in the end. 11, 107 Giannis played 36 minutes. But again, why can't this guy hit good field got percentage anymore. What's going on? 22, 10, and 5 on 40% shooting. This is a guy we just pencil in. 57, 58, we're done. It's a big strength. Now it's not, and that's that's killing his fantasy numbers. Points leagues, don't care. Numbers are still great. Category leagues, it's killing you. And another 75% night from the line, really good. But on 12 attempts, 75% is actually a negative and a significant one because the average in a category league is 80%. So you've got to be at that number. And his volume hurts. It's been very, very strange to see Giannis not be able to convert field goals at the level that we expect. Brook Lopez had 17 and seven with three blocks and three threes. Continues to be one of the surprises of the season. Absolutely, no doubt. Well, Drew Holiday started out poorly, but ended with 15, five and nine on 36%. So the minutes are back. He is back, I would guess, hopefully. And any of that panic you had probably subsided. Bob Portis only 19 minutes. That's disappointing. because He'd been playing like 25 to 28 minutes a night. He only had 10 and 3. Look, that's obviously, if that's what sticks, that's not good enough for 12-team leagues. But he's top 50 over the last weeks. He's had some really big games. And we just need to watch that playing time. Jingle and Joe played 28 minutes. Remember when Joe Ingles came back and I said, I reckon the place to watch for minutes is Portis. And that's exactly what happened here. I don't know that that's what's going to happen every game. But 28 to Ingles, 19 to Portis. Ingles had 17, 3, and 5 with 5 threes. That... Is a 12-team line. They hit, Their next game is a Wednesday, Thursday back-to-back, so Ingles is going to sit one of them. But I am um, very cautious about where his value lies. He is maybe moving into 12-team stream, but his minutes compared to Allen's, compared to Portis is something to watch. As for Grayson, 11 points, two threes, two steals. He's not going to blow us away, but always when there's a little bit of a schedule advantage, and if your league's marginally deeper, there's a little bit there. Paddy Collinson played 31 minutes, 11 and 11 with three threes for him. Pretty solid night. Nothing's too spectacular, but he's we've seen him start for a while, and he hasn't been a 12-10 league guy. Still, of course, no update on Chris Middleton for the Knicks. Obi Toppin was able to return. He played eight minutes and took Jericho Sims out of the rotation. Obviously, we're not adding Toppin anywhere. We're just not. He just is not going to play enough minutes. Brunson played 39, 44, 7, and 4 with four threes, while um, Julius Randle, he was playing so well. He played 40 minutes. He think he missed eight threes in the first quarter. He ended up going um, at 31%, 9 of 29 overall. So the points league people will be frothing it. 25, 16, and 5. What are you talking about? It's a great game from Randall. We love it. Yeah, but for a category league, going 31% from the field on such a big volume of attempts is ridiculous. It kills you in that category. It's really hard to come back from. Why he was taking that that many shots when he couldn't hit anything is baffling. Absolutely baffling. At least Bronson took more. But that is, that is a confusing number. And the guy sitting alongside him, Emmanuel Quickly, shot 64%. Randall was just taking just some, some of the worst shots you will ever see. I'm not saying it cost them the game, but maybe. As for Quickly, 43 minutes. He is playing an insane amount of minutes. 23, four rebounds, three threes. Not much else there. I do think he's going to be a drop when Barrett is back, which might be next game, but I won't do it until Barrett is actually back and then see what minutes they give because maybe he quickly plays 28, 29 off the bench and guys like McBride and Heidenstine and um, Toppen just barely play. I think that's that's fair enough to expect. So that could enable quickly to maintain good minutes. Mitchell Robinson, 37 minutes. He's been really good with his foul trouble. He only had two points, but two steals and a block and only 25% from the field. So that's rough there. But the minutes are really encouraging. While uh, Quentin Grimes played 34 minutes. This briefcase and this haircut. He just shot poorly. 14% for four points. He did have eight rebounds. He did have two steals. He remains, I think, a 12-team league player. Probably just a back-end guy. And in points leagues, I don't think I'd bother. Check how much he averages. But in a 12-team category league, yes, he is a 12-team league player. The next game, the Chicago Bulls. They have got, or they took on the Boston Celtics. The Celtics win it. The big story from the Bulls is DeMarta Rosen. Went down with what looked pretty serious uh, leg injury. He stayed in for a couple of possessions, went to the locker room. They immediately ruled him out with a quad strain. Now, he said that it's something he's been dealing with for a little bit of time, and it sort of just gave way on him. Um, I would be pretty skeptical that he plays next game. And then next week, they have a one-game week. They're traveling over to France, I think it is, for a European game. So I think there's a risk of some missed time here for DeRozan with a chance to have some real extended time off heading into next week. He played 23 minutes and had 13 points. Now, who is going to be the beneficiary there? Well, they have absolutely no threes on their roster. So do they move Patrick Williams down to the three? Oh, they have no fours either. That's cool. So what can they do? Keep Williams at the four? Play Derek Jones at the four and Williams at the three? Keep Williams at the four? Play uh, Levine at the three? And then go with Kobe White and Desumu, the one and two, or uh, Desumu Caruso as the one and two? They're all a bunch of different things they can do. I think they'll probably go Desumu and White or maybe Desumu Caruso. I don't think they'll go with Jones and Williams as a 3-4. I think they'll move Levine up to the 3, and that's going to give someone like Desumu a little bit of a boost. It's going to give Patrick Williams a usage boost, if not a minutes boost, but a usage boost, making him at least interesting for 12 teams. Um, and then you'll get like Kobe White become a points and three streamer. Again, more usage and more minutes coming into the, that situation. But it doesn't appear like it's a long-term thing for DeRozan. And there isn't one clear beneficiary because literally nobody on, the, on this team plays that position. They're going to have to mix and match with Williams, Jones, um, Caruso, Desumu, White, maybe Dragic getting some extra playing time, all splitting DeRozan's minutes. Because again, there are no threes on this roster. And the one guy who might masquerade as a three Javonte Green is dealing with this knee problem. And even if he started, I don't think I'd want to add him. So again, no massive clear, clear winner. The guy I'd look to there is Pat Williams. Secondary, I'd look at Desumu or White. For Boston, they made the change. They started... Well, actually, hang on. Go back to Chicago. Levine, 27, 7, and 6, 42 minutes. He's been really good of late. Really strong. Top five player over the last week. Really good. Uh, And Vooch, 21 and 13. Both of these guys are going to get big opportunities to put up good numbers. As for Williams, he had 10 points, 3 threes, 3 steals. Yeah, he's probably worth a look in 12s. As for the Celtics, they started Rob Williams. Now, he started in place of Marcus Smart and played 23 minutes, 6 and 7 with 2 blocks. I think they will keep starting him, meaning Derek White probably moves to the bench. But... Their next game is Wednesday, Thursday, back-to-back. So I expect Williams sits one of those games and Horford sits one of those games. Whether Williams sits Wednesday or Thursday or Horford, vice versa, they sit the same game, I've got no idea. But I'm expecting them to sit one of those games and Smart to sit one of them as well. So we're not going to get a full idea of how the rotation looks. So the stream value of Brogdon, which wasn't that good here. He only played 22 minutes for 11 and 7. The stream value of White, again, 8, 5, and 4 with a block's not that great. But over the next two games, those guys, White, Brogdon, um, even Grant Williams, who out of nowhere played 37 minutes for 20 points and eight rebounds and two blocks, his best game all season, I'd guess. All of those guys get a boost across Wednesday, Thursday, with the likelihood that Rob Williams plays one out of two, Horford plays one out of two, and Smart plays one out of two with that knee injury. That would be my expectation, is that those guys um, do play or are limited in those games, opening up opportunities for um, other players. Jalen Brown had 19 and five. Tatum had 32, eight and seven with four threes. I'm gonna say Grant Williams really good game. Don't think that makes him a must roster guy, but the back-to-back Wednesday Thursday does make him a very interesting target for streaming right there. I think that that's that's the real value in Williams or Grant Williams is taking advantage of the streaming schedule to get him in. The next game, the Spurs. They took it up to the Grizzlies. 130, 113, 121. Final score, Spurs were without Keldon and Devin Vassell. So they went and started Cater Bates-Diop again, but he had 10 points in 17 minutes, didn't play starters minutes. The winners here are Josh Richardson, 16-5-5 and with two steals, and Romeo Langford, 13-5-4 and with a block. Now, these guys weren't able to do this when it was just for out, but now that Keldon is out, they are both, especially Richardson, worthy of short-term 12-team streams. Langford's probably more 14. Richardson is 12-team. Jeremy Sohan has not been able to take advantage of this in any way. Zohan, now. Seven points, 30 minutes, 18% shooting. He did have two steals, but seven, five, and two. I still think we can consider at least a 14-team league guy, but in no way is he a must-roster 12. Pertal returned, 13 and seven, solid enough. While well, Zach Collins had nine and six, two assists, two steals, which again is good enough to consider as a luxury stash. Trey Jones, he's probably the big winner from these injuries. 27 usage, 18, 4, and 7. Didn't shoot well, but he's getting a ton of opportunities in terms of shot attempts with both Keldon Johnson and Devin Vassell out. Branham also was okay, 12 points in 25 minutes, but it's just just a deeper league scenario. And Doug McDermott had nine points in 24. Again, not really looking too much there. I think the Kelden injury helps Richardson. And if Kelden's back, I'm not sure Richo sticks there. Langford's more 14 team, could be 12, while Sohan's probably more 14 than 12 as well. For the Grizzlies, Morant was out and Brandon Clark's gonna be out for the rest of this week. So we just keep rolling with Tyus Jones here. 24, three and six with three steals. Great, we know what he does. It's awesome when Morant is out. And for deeper leagues, with Clark out, Xavier T. Illman is going to be the backup center. Nine and seven, which in deeper leagues is useful. Really useful. Jaron Jackson continues to be unbelievable. 16 and six, two threes and five blocks. He's the 21st ranked player this season. Just unbelievable numbers. I I didn't know that this was possible. In the past, I've said I think he can have top 20 fantasy seasons. I didn't think it would be this season. He's on the way to getting there. Dylan Brooks, 15 points on 9 percent shooting. Shit house. But he did have three steals. I still find it really hard to roster him. And Desmond Bain is a buy-low guy. Only 29 minutes, but he did play the back-to-back, so that's a win. 15, two and four, 38% shooting. And missed a free throw. The shot has been way off since he returned. Way off. Steve Adams, 13 and 15 with four assists. You love that? The problem is he got hacked from the line. Now, nearly everyone who rosters Stephen Adams is punting free throws. So I don't know that they actually care that he got hacked. It just means more free throw attempts. And while he doesn't hit them, 27% here, he's more likely to fluke into getting one or two extra points from taking 11 free throws instead of three. So that actually does help in that scenario. I don't think you should be too mad at it. Zaire Williams played 23 minutes. David Roddy out of the rotation. So it looks like Williams, they've been going back and forth a little bit. Looks like Zaire might have that spot there going at 11-5, which is still only 20-team like league stuff, but it is important to note that he seems to have taken that rotation role back uh, away from David Roddy Piper. The next game was pretty comfortable victory for the Nuggets in the end over the Lakers. Final score here in this one was 109 Lakers, 122 Denver. Los Angeles had a ton of injuries. Obviously, Anthony Davis is out, but LeBron was out, Troy Brown was out, Lonnie Walker was out, Austin Reeves were out. Now, in the case of most teams, it wouldn't matter that those guy, a lot of those guys are out because they're not very good players. But in the Lakers' case, they're key rotation pieces. And then Patrick Beverly left the game after 12 minutes. So their lineup was pretty rough. They, they, they started the second half with Dennis Schroeder. They started with Kendrick Nunn, Max Christie, Juan Toscano Anderson, and Thomas Bryant. And when I say that at least 60% of those guys are not rotation players on most NBA teams, I don't think that's being too harsh. But you know, they still were able to put up numbers. Westbrook 25 7 and 7 off the bench. Bad free throws, but good rust stuff nonetheless. Tom Bryant, only 28 minutes, no foul trouble. Okay. 17 and 10. This is what he does. He puts up big rebounds, big big points. That's what he does. But people love those because they're double digit numbers. He doesn't really do anything else. No threes, no assists, one steal, no blocks. He was 5 and 5 from the line. His value has been really strong. In those categories, I think he's being a bit overrated, though. And I'm not... I don't know how much he's going to play when Davis comes back. I really don't... I think he's going to value through the All-Star break. After that, I'm not certain. Um, Schroeder, we talked about how the shooting had zero chance of sticking. Well, he shot 23%. He was 8 of 8 for the line, but he's able to get by at the moment through volume. 14 points in 34 minutes. Only 4 assists, 2 steals. Didn't hit a 3. But that volume... With the absences of Beverly, Brown, Walker, Reeves, Davis, and maybe LeBron, Schroeder is a 12-team league player at the moment. Kendrick Nunn might be also someone to consider. 15 points in 29 minutes, he had three steals. Only if all of those guys remain out. I'd need Beverly and James to both be out before I consider Nunn, but there's at least some points streaming ability there. We got 25 Cole Swider minutes. That's how this game was going. And Max Christie had 14 points in 26 minutes. Not a lot to take away from there, apart from the Schroeder stream, maybe the Nun stream, and Bryant continuing his numbers. For the Nuggets, um, Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic. Big, big Chungus, big Chungus, big Chungus, big, big Not very often that a number one fantasy player can put up 11 usage and still be the best fantasy player in the game. 14, 11, and 16, a triple one, Hit all five of his shots, hit all three of his free throws. Amazing. He just took a backseat while Jamal Murray cooked. 34-7-4, and four, five triples, two steals. He took 29 attempts, Julius Randle style. At least he hit 45% of them, was three or four from the line. Big, big game from Murray. It was also great to see a big performance from the shark, Chris Brown. Shark, doo, 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 doo. Well, maybe not a big performance, but solid. 15-7, three threes and two assists with a block. That's good enough to remain a 12-team league guy while everyone's healthy. I don't think Bones is, though. 20 minutes for the big stiffy, 12 points, two threes, 30% shooting. He seems to be getting like 20 minutes a night every night. And that's not enough. It probably needs two injuries for him to be a 27-minute-a-night player. And then he's a clear top 100 guy, but that doesn't feel like it's coming anytime soon. Maga Porter Jr. struggled 12-7 and seven for him, while Aaron Gordon had um, nine points only. Didn't take any shots, or hardly any shots. 10 rebounds, four blocks. Just doing enough. He has been a little bit down, 212th over the last week. After a really strong start to the season, but I wouldn't worry too much there. While KCP had 16 points, took him 14 shots to get there. He's shooting like 47% from three this season. There's going to be a reduction. He had three assists. He had a steal. His value is in streaming. It's in back-end 12-team value, not as a must-roster player. We also got 26 Vlatko-Chanchar minutes. Two, four, and two. His previous games have been better than this. He's at least a deep league player who's available in every single league. Um, so if you're in an 18 or 20 team league, there's a little bit there for Chanchar, but not much more than that. I wouldn't be looking at him in 14 team leagues, for example, maybe 16, I'd consider it, but that's probably about it. The last game of the night was a pretty big blowout. The Kings beat the magic 136, 111 11 was the final score here. Um, for the magic standard guys out in terms of bowl, and Isaac are the, are the recent ones. Bolts should be back maybe next game, maybe tomorrow. And then we'll get a really interesting look at the rotation. Wendell Carter, 15-7 and seven with three blocks in 27 minutes, producing pretty good value, as is Markel Fultz, who had 16-2-5 and five on 80% shooting. I think it's pretty clear the point guard you want. It's Fultz. It's not Cole Anthony. It's not Jalen Suggs. Cole Anthony played 29 minutes. He had eight points on 13 shots with a steal a block and seven rebounds. He's fine. To consider a streamer, at least for tomorrow, in a punt field goal setting. But longer term, I don't really see him as a must roster. And I don't see it for Suggs. Now, Suggs was okay. 14-4-4 four and four in 24 minutes. He did put on a few of those numbers in garbage time. Um, ended up with 40% shooting. I, I still don't see him being this must roster guy um, in 12 team leagues. I, there's a chance he can have some value. But I, I just I don't see all that value there. 24 minutes for Gaz Harris. Eight points with two threes. Actually, back to Suggs. He I, 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 I can give it to be a 12, 10 league guy on and off. I just don't trust it as a regular thing, and I don't think. I think he's more in the maybe the Kentavious Caldwell Pope sort of an area where he's fine to have, but you don't going to miss out on much if you don't have him. And while I do like him as a player, and I think there is upside in the Fulton Suggs back, or we haven't really seen it yet. And I, I just don't think he's going to get enough production on a regular enough basis to maintain those numbers. Wagner had 16 points, but pretty empty outside of that. And Bunkero had 17, 8, and 4. And three steals for the Orlando Magic. Why are people holding on to Mo here. Two points in 10 minutes. Why? Why is he rostered in 12-10 leagues? He is, and I don't get it. He's rostered in tons of them. It doesn't make any sense. For the Kings, the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnes. It's, it's great. 30 points, six threes. It took 85% shooting to get here, and he had one rebound, one assist, zero steal, zero blocks. So it's completely unrealistic. Now, he has been playing better of late, for sure, and I don't mind if he's on a 12-team roster, but this is going to inflate rankings significantly. It's going to inflate performances significantly, and honestly, it's not that good of a line. It's great shooting, which is completely unreasonable to think continues, and the same actually goes for Keegan Murray, who had... 15, 3, and 3, and shot 71%. Both of those things just aren't based in any sort of long-term reality as to be able to continue. It's great that they're able to do it, and they both can be 12-team streamable players, but long-term as must-roster guys, I don't think so. Same goes for Monk. 14, 7, and 6, we love him as a streaming option as well, but is there enough consistency in his minutes and his production to be considered a 12-team league guy? I, I doubt it. Kevin Herter had some foul trouble and then the blowout limited him to 22 minutes, 14 with four threes. Fox had a a poor night. 39% shooting, 11, two, and nine. They get the win comfortably and he only plays limited minutes, but his fantasy value has dropped, obviously, since the start of the season. While Sabonis had an okay game, 12, 10, and eight, but no defensive stats, below average field goals, and one of two from the line. Definitely not his best, but he had been on an insane heater. So there was going to be some level of drop-off. I thought Chemezi Metu also played well as a backup, 11 and nine, I think he probably gets the backup minutes over Rashawn Holmes as we move forward. He had them here. Holmes only played two minutes, but I don't think that there's much fantasy impact in that as we move forward into, or even in deeper leagues. On to the lines of the night. The monstrous line of the night is Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic. The waiver wire line of the night is Josh Richardson. Your young gun of the night is Keegan Murray. And the dud of the night goes to Trey Murphy. Top 10 players in category leagues. Number one is Jokic followed by Brunson, Brunson, Tatum, McCullum, Jamal Murray, Tyus Jones, Harrison Barnes, Zach Levine, Jonas Valanciunas, and Jaron Jackson. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Josh Richardson, I think it is really helping that Calden is out for him, but Calden is out, so... Worth a stream. Grant Williams with the Wednesday, Thursday back-to-back. There's streamable value. He was unbelievable today. Monks, a stream option. Connaughton, eh, not really. Kispert for threes, but that's still more deeper league stuff. Ingles was at six. Interested to see what happens, but he probably sits one of the next two games. Alvarado, Devonte eh. Devontae Graham, not really. Santiel Dama, not that interested. Romeo Langford, maybe 12s, more likely 14-team leagues. And then we go into Points League's top 10 players today. Number one. Brunson, followed by Randall, Tatum, Jokic, Jamal Murray, CJ McCollum, Zach Levine, Tyus Jones, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Paolo Banquero. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.